Welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns and today with us we have got Richie Clapson. Hi Richie. Hello there, hello there and welcome everyone. And fantastic to have you on board with us today. So a bit of background about uh, yourself Richie. So Richie's been involved in property development for almost 40 years and as a co-founder of Property CEO he has he coaches both novice and experienced property developers uh, on how to create substantial returns from small to medium scale developments. Richie's development pedigree speaks for himself, uh, a instructional engineer by profession. He's not only worked on hundreds of new build, commercial and industrial conversion projects, but he's also trained and mentored countless developers and property professionals throughout his career. So today, Richie and his partner, uh, business partner Ian Child, heads up Property CEO, one of the country's most exclusive property development training companies. And Richie is uh, a longtime friend of YPN and his article is in the October issue. So do look out for that. Um, but Richie, you've been very busy over the past 40 years um, and obviously coming into property with the structural engineers, a, a profession, that background um, must have sort of served you well. And, um, you, you know, was it did you did you have that first or were you always a property investor alongside that role? Well, first of all, Michelle, thanks for that great intro. I didn't realise that was me. Actually, you built me up quite big then, so that that was good. And um, yeah, a good a good long term friend of YPN. So uh, yeah, we're we're very pleased to be to be interviewed today, and we we actually quite like the magazine. I think it's a great resource for people out there listening. In terms of um, at, you know what came first? Uh, well, actually, uh, I left school at sixteen and went on the drawing board. So so that's where it all started. Okay, um, I went on the drawing board. And I was drawing buildings uh, as a chartered engineer. That's what I did. I I went out and got qualified as a chartered engineer. So that absolutely come first at the age of 16. I started that journey. um, I'm in my um, mid-20s was a a qualified structural engineer. And working, you know, at that stage, purely in in engineering, designing buildings, um, some quite, you know, sizable structures, a lot of hospital works, um, residential buildings, hotels, uh, all sorts of sorts of things, you know, nationally across the country, worked with various businesses doing that. So that that definitely came before the uh, before getting involved in in development, really. That that was the first starting point. And so a lot of people, I guess, come into property with the investor hat on and they're looking for the cash flow. Um, but it sounds like you've come in in a different angle with the love of, of the actual building itself and the design as- aspect. Um, so when was that transition to becoming an investor? I think the transition, and let's 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 um, d- change the discussion slightly in terms of actually the, the getting involved in development. Okay, because there was a period where I sat on, you could say, part of the team and just became uh, one of the team delivering uh, development projects. Because all projects are developments, whether you're investing in them or whatever. And I think there was a change um, back in my probably late 20s when I actually left corporate world and started working for myself. So that was the time I started getting involved in development and investments at that time, Uh, which was interesting because I I had a pretty good, without being conceited, a pretty good career in the corporate world. Um, I was uh, chair of what we call the shadow board of what is now the largest property uh, company in, in the world, which is a company called WSP. I was there in the early days of that. And I left the corporate world, 
left the company car, the expense account, had a four-year-old son, a great big mortgage, and went and bought my first business. And I think the the interesting thing there is um, people talk about this term. Uh, I don't particularly like the term, but the, the principle is fine. There's no money down in property. Uh, I, I bought businesses that way. So I bought my first business in 98, as I say, with, with no money, uh, a four-year-old son and a big mortgage. I went and bought a business without any money. And it's just about creative dealing. And I think property is, is very similar. So my journey started back then when I actually saw, I, I think what I saw, uh, Michelle, was there, there was basically two options I had in life. One was to carry on with a career. Um, but at that time, my father, who was also uh, in the industry, uh, had been made redundant after a very long career. Fortunately, he was uh, financially set up, so it didn't really affect him, and he was in demand as a consultant. But I thought, you know, a job for life, that's gone. That, that, was, that was long gone. And so I thought I had to do my own thing. And so I saw, well, uh, as an engineer, you didn't get paid that well. You know, it was a good career. It was interesting. Uh, and as you say, a bit of a love for property. But the uh, the income didn't really match. So one realized straight away that if you wanted to have, I guess, financial freedom is another word we talk about a lot in this industry. If you wanted to get to that, you had to do something different. You had to think out the box. And back in those days, you know, YPN, uh, you know, uh, you know, people like property, property investors, you know, the, the pin, Simon's Zucci's outfit, people that just didn't exist. You know, there was no uh, there was no training to go and get. Uh, but I realized I had to I had run to my own business. Run. That was a simple, simple thing. And I started that. I bought a structural engineering business. Um, uh, we grew it very high profile. We were probably the, the best in the world. That was my intention to be the best in the in the world. And we generally were. You know, I employed the best people. I wasn't the best engineer. And that opened doors for me. So it enabled me to raise the profile of the business because we were invited eventually by the government to peer review the Olympic Stadium Aquatics and um, the Velodrome in 2012, which was probably the most prestigious job in the world at that time. We, we were invited to review that. And we were doing very high profile buildings like Wimbledon retracting roof and stuff like that. But what we actually did in the background is I worked a lot with developers. Okay, I got close to developers, did deals with developers, took returns for investment. And we basically, that was where my development career started. As soon as I had my own business, you had flexibility to do deals. And it's all about doing deals, whether that was buying businesses, which I did, or getting involved in development in, in buildings. And I think the key thing was uh, a, a job would not satisfy what I wanted to do. And I realized back in 98, I had to go and do something different. So that was, I guess, the starting or turning point maybe for that. Yeah, it's so just picking up on something you said about uh, buying the business, sort of no money down and that being a creative strategy. I guess that would have come as um, coming into the property world, the property uh, investing world with that um, mindset that, that, you know, it is possible to have these creative strategies um, was that, you know, did you kind of follow on with that creative strategy or did you go more down a traditional route? Because you've got people who just buy, uh, you know, portfolios of, of single lets, but what you're talking about in terms of development and business, that's a very different angle. So um, with, with, you know, varying risk and varying profits. So what was it about that appealed to you about the creative strategy rather than the more traditional route? I think I think uh, you know if you follow if you follow the crowds and you follow something which is traditional, uh, then you'll you'll pretty much know the answer. You know know the result you're going to get. And for some people that that's fine, 
but a traditional investing route, if one can call it that, building a portfolio, a buy-to-let portfolio, for the majority of people in this country was then, still is now, it's a very slow process. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know, the days of being able to get all your money back out, recycle, just go again, go again, big mortgages, you know, and massive inflation in the properties are not really there. So it it takes a lot longer to build those sort of properties. And I think what I realize is, I mean, ultimately, mine was a very mixed entrepreneurial strategy of buying businesses, getting involved in development, doing all sorts of things. I've owned all sorts of businesses as well. So I think the key is, if you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. And what you look for is deals. And I think that I often talk about in this uh, property training world, if you like, which I, I now find myself in, having retired 10 years ago, um, is that um, you, you know, you, you, if you just follow this sort of process of saying, right, uh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you don't get anywhere. You've got to always look for deals. Uh, any entrepreneur looks for deals. And don't get fixated on strategy. I hate the word strategy. I always go against that. First ever property networking meeting I went to, and they're great, so I certainly don't knock them. Um, I, I was, it was bizarre because everyone kept saying, so what's your strategy? What's your strategy? <laughs> and I think the, the result of that is that generally, generally, and with no, no, no negative comment as such for what they do, most training companies train strategies. Yes. And that's, that's fine. But that I don't think is, is, is the best result, in my opinion, for the end user. What you want to be is you want to better do anything, not just learn that strategy, learn that strategy. And, and so what I did is, 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 is I learned to do deals. And mm. I did that first deal when I bought that first business with a four-year-old son with no experience. No one told me how to do a deal. But I've had a great saying always in life, where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And when I wanted to buy a business, I hadn't had a clue how to do it, but I just figured I'll go and figure it out. I'll go and do that. And a lot of the principles of doing a deal to buy the business is no different to doing a deal to do a development or build a portfolio. It's, it's knowing how to run a business and how to think about business. I was never taught business. I learned business. I learned how to do business. You know, I learned all those mindset blockages and how to uncover those and all those issues that you have. So Mine was, uh, I guess it was, it was a school of hard knocks, you know, um, I had a few people around me as, as mentors, but no opportunity back in those days to really jump on a, a, a training program and, and do stuff. So for me, uh, don't like strategy, don't like the word strategy. I like, okay, if you want to get into the property world, be able to do deals. Yeah. And fundamentally, the path that I like to follow uh, 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 and, okay, I'm, you know, I've sort of, I, I thought I retired, as I said, but I don't seem to be now. I seem to be working harder than ever, but mainly because I love what I do. But 99% of my time now is literally just training people. Yeah. Okay, that's all I do. And I, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what I enjoy doing. And the way that, that I always work with that is I'll train you to be a developer. Yeah. If you want to build a portfolio, that's great. Build a portfolio. If you want to you know, build to rent, great. If you want to build to sell, if you want to build a commercial building, if you want to do some land, whatever, there are easier routes than others. That's absolutely for sure. But I'll train you to be a developer. I'll train you to run a development business. And that, I think, is absolutely fundamental. Yes, uh, quite a few key golden nuggets, what you've just said there. So I'm just going to pull out a few. Um, and I, I personally agree with the idea that 
asking yourself what strategy you should be doing is quite overwhelming when there's so many to choose from. And it, if, if you kind of reverse that and say, well, what am I looking to achieve? And then what are the tools I need? Like you say, you know, having a toolbox of all of these different ways to, to uh, you know, acquire a deal is a much better way than actually just focusing on one specific strategy. But, you know, like, like you say, it works for some people where they've yeah, just got, sure. you know, one strategy and they're, they're focusing on that as well. So I guess uh, it depends on the person. But I, yeah, I like the idea and also about the, the difference between an entrepreneur and an investor and and if you're an entrepreneur you just you, you are looking for deals and you're looking for those creative ways and uh, the more creative you can be the more the more deals you can find so i think the thing um, is as well what one can say um is that whatever you do it's a business and i think this is a big mistake i see a lot of people make is they they learn how to set up HMOs, service departments, rent to rent, or whatever you want to do. And they and they don't really understand they're in business. And a lot of these people that are transitioning into property, which is great because it, it, it does give you that financial freedom, um, are, are coming from corporate world and don't necessarily know how to run a business because most yeah. of us in this country don't get taught how to run a business. And that's something I actually fundamental to teach people. Let, let me teach you how to run a business. Okay, because the most successful businesses fail because of cash flow issues. Mm. Uh, so I understand how to run a business and all of those strategies involve running businesses. The thing which I think is a bit, a little bit sad uh, uh, is that a lot of people end up, and we talked about this, this strategy, Misha, they get fixated by a strategy or uh, being slightly cynical, dare I say they get sold a strategy, okay? And they do it and they don't even want to do the damn thing. So the point that you mentioned there is what's your end goal? It's absolutely yeah. fundamental because I've had students that, that come to me now and I say, so what are you doing? And they say, oh, I've, I've got, you know, I've built up four HMOs and I've got a block of service departments. And I go, how are you enjoying that? And they go, I hate it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I hate tenants and, and, I, and I hate service department. It's like running a hotel. I said, well, I could have told you that. <laughs> and, and I said, well, why did you do it? And they often say it's because I thought I had to do that first before I go into development. And that's not true. Okay. If you want to be, I mean, for a lot of people, it's definitely the right answer. But for many others, if you want to be a developer, be a developer. Mm -hmm. And if offer that development, because development earns chunks of cash. Okay. Uh, is it hard work? Yes, it is. Okay. Of course, it's hard work. No one's going to earn a quarter of a million pound a year without you know, having to put a bit of effort in. So it's hard work. But out of the back of that, earning those chunks of cash, you can build what one might call a vanilla portfolio, buy to lets, much, much quicker than you can any other way. If you want to build some HMOs, much, much quicker than any other way. If you really want to build service departments, no, no idea why you'd want to do that in life. But for some people, they do. Um, then you can build them much quicker. So in lots of ways, if you're out for development, if you sit in that place where you think you've got the entrepreneurial skill set, the ability to take on development, it opens the doors for all those other things. Whereas often in this industry, the reverse is perceived to be the case, probably because it's that that perception's peddled by a lot of people, is that you start on, you know, mm -hmm. let's start on buy to lets or rent to rent, and then we work our way up and, and, and property development's an advanced strategy. It's not. It's not even a strategy, it's just a business, okay? And choose what you want to do. That's well, let's question. go into that then, because I think there is this perception of development as uh, as the more advanced strategy and more risk involved. There's more um, 
I guess, more unknowns compared to just going out and buying that vanilla buy to let. So do you think it's more a case of there's just a knowledge gap um, or, or how do you see the risk element compared to uh, just, you know, doing HMOs, for example? Okay, yeah, interesting, because there's definitely more there's definitely more risk because the numbers are bigger. Okay, yeah. and there's definitely there's definitely a, a point of having a knowledge gap because if you don't know what you don't know, you can't make an informed decision whether it's what you want to do. Yeah. So let's just talk about the risk to start with. Yeah. Okay. Going out, uh, buying a, a typical three bed family home, getting a mortgage on it, putting a family in it, uh, looking after it, relatively straightforward, and you know probably not a huge amount of risk because you're not risking a huge amount of money. But what can you earn out of that? And you know, let's get down to reality where a lot of people put these things up north for all the right reasons. But you're going to cash flow what out of that after you've got a bit of mortgage going on, I don't know, two, three, four, five hundred a month if you're lucky, but it's probably three, four hundred quid for a lot of people. And that's that is is a you know is, is a lot for a lot of people. Well, three or four hundred quid a month is not going to change your life. Okay. And you have to build quite a few of those. Yeah. So when we talk about risk, so let's say uh, the minimum income probably for most people to survive is 3000 a month, you know, net, that's probably for most people. So I've got to have 10 of these buy to lets. Well, your risk is now increased. Okay. Because mm -hmm. you've got a portfolio of 10. And what if, I don't know, something bizarre happened like a global pandemic, and then your tenants don't pay and the government says you can't kick them out. That's a bit of a risk. Okay, there, there, there in seems a risk there to me. Okay, uh, and so I think you've got to evaluate the risks, and of course the risk is is associated with the reward. So how long is it going to take you to build ten properties? Mm. And you know, and some people are really entrepreneurial and build them really quick. I mean, I know someone who bought a hundred houses last month. That's fine. That's a, for most people listening to this podcast. That's not them. Okay. Um, and they just don't have the ability to go go and do that or the finance finances behind them or, or the connections. But some 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 do, but majority don't. So I think if you want to say, OK, right, I'm going to build a buy to let portfolio and each of those genuinely less bottom line is going to yield me, say, 300 quid, 400 quid. I've got to build 10 of them. How long is that going to take me to build 10 of them? I need 10 deposits. OK, and let's assume I just need 50 grand each. I need half a million to, to do that. How long is that going to take me? And then the other angle of risk is what's that risk for you not getting where you want to by the certain time? Mm -hmm. Now, that's not necessarily a financial risk. Well, I guess it could be, but maybe it's an emotional risk. Maybe it's a personal risk. Maybe it's, uh, you know, for some people, there are really strong drivers why they need to do it. You know, some people desperately need to get out of the employment there because it's just killing them. It, it is suppressing them, it, 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 you know, or the security's not there. They could be made redundant or, you know, tough as it is, but let's let's be honest. We have a lot of people come to us. They have to earn some money because they've got some illness going on in the family, and they really need to build this pot. Or, and the majority of people in this country don't have a pension pot, yeah. and and so the time is important. You know, I've got five or ten years to build this. Right, okay. So, I think if there's there's your there's your buy to let and HMOs on a slightly different scale, better returns, more problems, more time service departments, better returns, um, but, you know, potentially a lot more hassle involved unless you really get it slick. And some people are really super slick at it. And they're all businesses that require a varying input, HMOs and service departments, obviously a, a lot more. Now, let's look at the risk of development. So typically, most of our students, and, and I focus on what I would call small scale property development. Let's not talk about earning millions, okay? 
And typically, most of our students will be looking to earn out of their projects year on year a quarter of a million pound. Okay? okay, so quarter million pound a year. Is there risk in that? Sure, there is. Okay, because I say it's life changing. I was speaking at the Property Investor Show last week, and I said, "Would quarter million pound change your life?" Yes, it would. If you lost a quarter million, would that change your life? Yes, it would. So you've got to get it right. So you talked about that knowledge gap. Okay, of course it's really risky if you just give it a go. If you get property educated, now I'm going to say that, aren't I, because I run a property training company, but genuinely, okay, if you don't know how to do this stuff, you're, you're, you're in for hiding. But when you do, the risk, I would say, and, and, and I don't want to, I want this to come across right. If people listen to this, don't think there's no risk. There is. But if you structure this right, if you know what you're doing, if you follow the process, because development is just another system, it's another business, okay? There's lots of processes and systems. And you, you start with a project that has a genuine, and we, we say a minimum 20% profit on gross development value. At worst, I would expect, at worst, any student to break even, yeah. okay? So I don't expect you to lose money. I'm never gonna say you can't. And that's why anyone listening to this today, just manage those expectations. You can lose money, okay? But if you follow everything properly, do everything properly, the worst scenario should be that you break even. And so you make no money, but you've, you've paid everyone back, including your own money. Now, is that risky? I don't see it particularly risky, okay, in that respect, providing you do everything right. You find a good deal, you work with good people, okay? Because... The other interesting thing in terms of risk and perception of risk, on an, on an HMO or buy to let, what are people doing? They're organizing electricians and plasterers and they're bringing all these people together. You're very hands-on, very risky because you could get that wrong, okay? Even a smallish element, but it's relative financially. On a development, you've now got more money to play with. So you actually, you're employing professionals, structural engineers, project managers to control this thing, cost consultants, architects, planning consultants. You're employing specialists with many years experience. So by you know, default, the risk is being minimized because of all of these years of experience. So providing you know what you're doing, and at the worst you could break even, and on the upside you could make a quarter of a million, well a quarter of a million buys, that's five deposits. So in 18 months, two years, you could buy five projects. So in four years, you could definitely buy 10, okay? And obviously, a lot of people will end up doing two projects a year in time. So you can build a portfolio significantly quicker. So I think done properly, the risk with all of those professionals around it and you acting as a business person, as a CEO, property CEO, hence the name of our, our organization here, um, then I think perhaps the risk is less. Okay. okay. And how do you balance when people come to you and saying, I want to get started in property? I really like the idea of the developments. I think that would suit me because I don't want to just, you know, create another job for myself by, by organizing a load of rent to rents. I, you know, I, I like the idea of the lumps of cash through developments and that, and how that works. But um, how do you balance people needing that cash flow? And you mentioned about people being desperate to leave their, their jobs um, because obviously the developments, they might take 12 to 18 months before you can see any cash coming from it. And in the meantime, you may need to kind of support the project through, uh, through some cash flow as well. So is it a case of working with investors to have that buffer? 
um, or making sure that you do have enough income from the day job so that you don't need the development in order to, to you know, in that interim time. All of the above, okay? All of the above, because I think, let's compare it to the buy-to-let as we talked about, a basic buy-to-let. So how long does it take you to get a buy-to-let up and running? You know, it takes you probably three months to buy it, the way solicitors work these days. It probably takes you a couple of months to get it up and running, another month to get a tenant in there at the very least. There's six months. Uh, uh, so after six months, you might be bringing in £300 a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, that isn't going to replace most incomes. Yeah. And how long is it going to buy, to buy your second? Well, let's say you buy two at once, you've got 600 Well, that's still not that inspiring. Yeah. So I, I think you need to compare the two. The, 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 you know, it takes some time. Now, even an HMO might yield a £1,000 profit a month. I know some people go, oh, I, I can get 2000 out of mine. Great. But a lot of people won't. It could be £1,000 when you've got some voids and various issues. So even after six months, you've got £1,000. And you've got to go and find a second and so on. Now, in terms of development, the time scale to find the projects in, in a way could could be similar, perhaps longer because, um, you, you know, you're looking for something a little bit more specific than maybe a straightforward buy to let uh, HMOs. You've got to be a bit more specific. Got to know where to look as well. But assume you know where to look, you're going to find the developments. Not easy, but you will find them. They're going to take three months to purchase. They're going to take longer, though, because you've probably got to go through a permitted development route. We don't really advise people to go down a new build, land assembly type route. We, we very much steer people towards, again, minimizing risk, Michelle, the, the uh, permitted development route. You're going to have to uh, get that project going. There's going to be a little bit of upfront money. Now, so in terms of matching that sort of what do you really need in terms of money and being able to survive, you're not going to get the lump of cash out the back end for 18 to 24 months. Okay, okay. so you're not going to suddenly earn it. But I, I say the same way you're not going to get out of a buy to let. It's going to take you a while to build that portfolio. So most people that build buy to let portfolios build them part time and then transition across. And it's no different for development. So providing you've got some flexibility, you probably need to keep some income, whether that's a job, whether you've got some cash whether you've already got a bit of a portfolio. So we do train a lot of existing landlords who've got a bit of a portfolio income and they can survive. So the big lump's gonna come in 18 to 24 months. You can't get rich quick out of development, but I don't think you can get rich quick out of any other stuff because 300 quid a month is not getting rich, okay? But development, wait 18 to 24 months, um, bear in mind accepting you might have to get trained in a period before that, but once you're up and running, you, you know, you're gonna get a six figure sub, 150, yeah. 250,000, that's big. That's a big number for most people. They can invest some of that, keep some of that. So once you've got through your first project, you get that lump at the end, you can definitely be saying goodbye to the corporate job. Mm. Now, with that, you do need a bit of cash, okay? But this is where private investors can come in. It, can you do development without any of your own money? Yes. Is it a lot more difficult? You're right, it is, okay? Mm. So you really need some cash. If you've got at the absolute minimum, uh, 15 grand, you could probably leverage your way into a quarter of a million pound deal. If you had 15 grand in your own money, you could do it. If you've got 25 grand, you can definitely get into development. You've got to be creative. You've got to know how to do that. Um, in terms of upfront fees, yeah, there's going to be a bit of legal cost, but you get that on a buy to let. So you've got to, you've got to find that. There might be a little bit of upfront consultancy costs, but you can, and there is ways you can defer that, okay? And let the development funding fund all of that because the great thing is you can get 70% of the purchase and you can get 100% of the development funding. It's all about timing and kicking that in. So you might need a bit of money up front, but nowhere near as, as much as, as you might think, okay? 
Now, the other thing that a lot of people don't know, it is possible, not with all funders, but with some, to earn a development management fee. And typically that could be between five and 10% of the total construction cost. So in broad terms, let's say we had a 250,000 pound development deal. This is not a big deal, okay? It's definitely in small scale development. We always say small scale development between five and 20 units. So again, getting a handle on development for a lot of people, we're not building hospitals and all those things I've built in the past. We're building between five and 20 units. This is small, okay? But it still yields you a quarter million pound profit. But on that basis, let's say it was a £250,000 construction cost, you could draw 10% of that, 25000 whilst it's on site. Okay. And let's assume it was on site for, I don't know, five months. Well, that's £5,000 a month. So it might take you four or five months to get there, to purchase the building, go out to tender, get a contractor started. But then you could draw £5,000 a month for, for, for five months whilst it was on site. Okay, if you want to, if you get the right funder, it's a matter of knowing how to do that, but that is possible. Well, you know, so what we're saying there is actually, let's let's even push it a bit for let's say six to nine months, if you can survive for six to nine months, then you could draw £5,000 a month for five months. Well, what's stopping you trying to line up your second project? So you're always got a project on site, you're always trying to earn that. So if you know how to be creative with this stuff and how to do it, there are routes to earn that money. So I don't suggest, and we always say to students, we've got a lot of students come to us. Um, we train a lot of, we train a lot of industry professionals, a lot of architects, cost consultants who want to transition to the other side, as it were, and a lot of buy-to-let landlords and so on. But a lot of people in jobs, and I always say, don't leave your job. Yeah. Get flexibility. If necessary, and we've got quite a few students who've actually, and this is, this is always intriguing, who've actually now gone sort of semi-part-time. Mm -hmm gone to their bosses and said, this is what I'd like to do, being a bit nervous of what their bosses would say. But you know, we've had more, th more than a handful of instances where students have come back and they said, I went to my boss and guess what my boss said? My boss said, I'll actually invest with you because wow. that sounds great. <laughs> their boss was looking for some investment route because we all know there's more money out there than there is deals. So, you know, if you've got a bit of flexibility on that, you can do it. If you don't have any flexibility, forget it. But buy to let's much the same. I think the the difference is, you know, project managers, cost consultants, architects, commercial agents, or funders, they're not around evenings and weekends. This is B to B. And this is why I like it. It's business to business. This is much better position to be in. So providing you've got some flexibility, you can do it. Think of that development management fee. It's the difference that could get you through. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and I, I want to pick up on, you know, the you know, you've got such a vast experience here and you you know you speak are you saying i'm old <laughs> that was the polite way <laughs> um and it, well it's unique because a lot of the people we interview you know they, they're kind of very quickly moving from the corporate world into investing in one way or another and they've got the financial freedom and they're sharing their story and it's been a matter of a few years uh, which is inspiring in, in in one way and in your way you know you've got a very different perspective because you have been in the industry for so long and <clears throat> now you're training people uh, on the other end so you know you before you were saying about the you know gone are the days of the momentum investing um and now we're in a kind of you know a different scenario so what do you notice about you, you know what's different today what opportunities do you think are here that weren't in the past uh, that people can capitalize on rather than going the, back to the old strategies if you like 
Yeah, I think the biggest opportunity uh, today, and you know, if you if you're sat there listening to this podcast, you know, you're a reader of of YPN, you're out at networking meetings. Um, none of that stuff existed. So that's the big opportunity, and it is access to information. Now, you know, there are there are quite a lot of people training people in all aspects of property that just didn't exist. Now, you know, that you take you pay your money, take your choice. There are, are pro, I'm sure, uh, as the press seem to tell us, some not so good trainers out there. You make your own mind up whether they're good or bad. And there's some very good stuff out there. There is some very, very good stuff. That is the big opportunity. OK, what I um, what I would say and, and add to that is money. OK, and a lot of people worry about money. So money uh, is available in abundance but it just doesn't rock up and land on your plate because okay? you're going to know how to get it. But if you're out there worrying about finding all that money to add to your deal because you've only got 15, 20 grand, don't worry about it. The money is out there. So that opportunity exists. I think the opportunity to say of support exists. In terms of uh, development, the biggest opportunity ever is here in 2021. Okay, And I was talking about this at the Investor Show last week, not only in presentations, but on, on a panel debate. I talked about it, it's very much the perfect storm. So the permitted development rights that's coming, which gives you those that don't know the right to go and do certain developments, it sort of says it on the tin, short circuits the planning system. So look, anyone out there listening, if you've not done development before, and this is my opinion, might be a bit controversial for some, but do not do land assembly and new build. Okay, do not, because it'll take you too long. The permitted development rights that come in is out there to encourage small scale developers to get into the market with less risk. We talked about risk just now. Okay, uh, that opportunity to convert a whole range of buildings supported and backed by the government. Lots of po politics going on about it at the moment, but, but I think it will still be there with this ability to get the money, with this ability to go and get trained is a golden opportunity. And I think the interesting thing and think about this as a business. And I talked about this at, at, at a presentation with one of the audiences last week at the show in Excel. Is that, I mean, I've invested in lots of businesses and I've, be, I've owned businesses, I've been a non-exec in lots of businesses. I don't know of any other business out there that has a client base waiting and ready to buy whatever it is you're going to sell. What do I mean by that? We are supposed to be building 300,000 houses in this country to meet demand, and we fall way short. In fact, uh, on the panel debate, uh, a lot of people might know John Howard out there. Uh, and John said, um, you know, I think it's more than this year, it's 500,000 houses we need to build over the next few years. And I think John's probably right. So in a way, you build it, you'll sell it. So as a developer, providing you build, and I talk about building in the need market, not the want, that's one, two, and three bed properties, not four and five, okay? Providing you build in the right marketplace, in the right location, you'll sell your product. It'll just go, okay? Yeah. Now, buy to let's probably, HMOs, service departments, you know, you're chasing your marketplace. I mean, let's think about service departments, Airbnb, you're out there, you're advertising, you're marketing. You're always trying to sort that out. You're consistently trying to fill those 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 rooms. Okay, and if there's a pandemic, it's a problem. It, it could be an upside because there's staycation. Uh, yeah, as soon as staycation's over, uh, all those people that's got a lot of Airbnb, I think you're going to be sat, you know, twiddling your thumbs because we'll all be off abroad again soon as soon as we can. That's the reality. Okay, but development, you've got a ready market, so you're running a business 
And whatever you produce, as much as you can produce, there's people that will buy it. And I think that is a, a fantastic opportunity, a business that people can go out there and buy. There is money available in abundance. There is almost a fast track route supported by the government to convert these buildings through permitted development rights. And there are some really good people out there that can train you. What I'd just say, and in terms of training, and, and this is really, really important, and there are some good people and, and, and you know, you have to make your own minds up. But as, as you said, I've been this, you know, you, I think you said I was old earlier, uh, indirectly, <laughs> but you did say I was old. The thing about development, be very careful with anyone that wants to train your development. And, and, you know, there are people out there that do it very well. But if you've only been in this industry four or five years, what do you know? Yeah. You know, most projects take one or two years. So you've probably seen three. You need to be old. And, and in the nicest way, uh, you, you have gray hair or no hair. Okay, well, I've got hardly any, and the bit I've got is going gray. It looks on camera, it looks okay, actually. Um, but that's what you want because development does have many, many moving parts. But, but those opportunities with the right people, it's out there. It's, it's out there for the taking. Yeah. Well, I could carry on asking questions. I want to kind of respect your time. Yeah, but um, just to wrap up then, where can people find out more about your training and where, you know, um, and what's the next steps if people want to get involved in development with yourself? So I think I think, you know, development is a, is is a step that you want to make sure you're taking in a considered manner. So pop onto our website, propertyceo.co.uk. And what I'd suggest anyone that's interested in development, click onto the homepage, watch a webinar. There's a webinar which talks about some of the stuff Michelle and I have talked about today, about the perfect storm. Okay. If you're interested, if you like what you see there in that hour, that will lead you on to a half day training session, totally free. We put this on for free and we call it a six figure roadmap. And it will take you in a lot more detail to a point of deciding whether development is, is maybe another step. We, we have a, a full mentorship program. It's all we do. We don't train buy to let HMOs or Bitcoin. We just do development, okay? And it's a full six month program. But before anyone jumps on that, you can't just buy that program. It's all the prospectuses on a website. We always want you to go through those two routes. Listen to that perfect storm. It's an hour webinar, invest an hour. Invest two or three hours and listen to the six figure robot. Come on that webinar with us. After that, we give you an opportunity if you want. There's a three-day event, nominal cost to get involved in that. There's a bit of cost to, to, to do that. But that's your stepping stones in. And you really would have spent only a few hundred pounds to get to that point where either we've put you off, yeah. and if we have, we've done our job, or you're going to make a commitment to go forward. Um, but to, to that process, so I simply say pop onto the website, click onto the tab, watch that first webinar, see where it takes you. Fantastic. We will put the links to that in the show notes as well. So uh, thank you so much for your time today, Richie. It's been really, really interesting. And it just, you know, having that, uh, like I say, the wealth of knowledge, it really speaks volumes in what you say. So uh, really useful for people listening. Pleasure. No problem at all. Thank you. And as I said before, do check out Richie's article in the October YPN magazine. And if you are not yet a subscriber of the magazine, then please click the link in the show notes for your free 30 day trial. Thanks very much, guys. And we look forward to seeing you next time.